Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I'm never going to give up my relationship with Courtney and the co-parenting we have. Nothing in a million years will be worth what we have. And I truthfully believe if the right person were to even come along into Courtney's life or my life, us having children and having this amazing relationship would only be a plus to the outsider. That's the most important thing to me is my kids and that's my family and the only family I have, including you guys along with it. Courtney is Courtney and my kids. Mm -hmm. It's a unit. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Wow, what a week it's been. <laughs> if you're listening to this on Monday, I should be one shot into my vaccination. Big claps up for me. You guys, I'm recording this on Sunday. I have my appointment Monday morning. I am so excited and nervous that I feel like it's not going to happen. <laughs> I feel like I'm somebody who I do not count my chickens before they hatch. I don't have, you know, like I, we can talk contracts all day, any jobs that I take. I do not count that money until it is in my account or in my wallet. I just, I just don't like to get too excited about things. So I feel like there's something that's going to happen that is going to cause me to not get what I feel like I'm manifesting, which is what I refer to as the Dolly poke, AKA the Moderna vaccine. I'm just really nervous that I'm not going to get it. So hopefully if you guys are like one of the first people who listen to this podcast, I should be like waiting and almost complete to be getting my first vaccination. <gasps> Y'all I'm going to be thotting and bopping all over the city 
you guys are going to need to have like a stretcher and a medic on hand for me at all times. I am going to be Jennifer Aiden from last week's episode of New Jersey, just like passed out. What did she drink? She drank everything. Okay. I am going to be wearing, I'm going to be out here wearing a lot of mesh. <laughs> I have no business wearing mesh, but I'm going to wear it and I'm going to have the hot girl summer that I deserve. I deserve. And I'm also manifesting. If any of you guys have a, um, uh, young father or, um, newly divorced man between the ages of 32 and 45, I'm also manifesting like a hot summer romance with a person who's also vaccinated. So, you know, Put in your applications now, fellas. I know that there are about maybe three quarters of a straight man who listens to this podcast. But, you know, if you guys know any straight men who are available, I'm here. And I'm funny. Okay? And just know, like, before you put in the good word for me, that they're going to have to know that occasionally I am going to show you my phone. And on that phone is going to be a picture of Kendall Jenner modeling. And I'm going to go into a passionate uh, monologue about how I feel like Kendall Jenner is being forced upon us to be one of the models, supermodels of our generation or of this current generation. And I'm going to explain to you all the ways that she's not. I'm going to break it down from top to tail. Okay. That's just like, that's just me. That's just a part of my makeup. Let's talk about what's happening in celebrity news. You guys, did you hear about all this mess that's happening with Pete Davidson? Girl, what's happening? What is this, honey? So what happened? Tuesday, he announced, well, Tuesday, it was announced that he had come up with a production company and who was the heads of those production company, but him and a lady named Michelle Davidson um, in the press release is noted as an old childhood friend of Pete's and now his wife to which everybody said, excuse me, bitch. Now, would it be shocking that Pete Davidson would up and marry somebody? No. Hello. Listen to sweetener on iTunes. We all know that's not true. Um, but to me, like as somebody who has, you know, like an associate's degree in Pete Davidson, right? I know enough to know that he is very um, public with his love. He's always getting a new stick and poke tattoo about it. And we, if we knew, if, if he was in a relationship, we would know it, right? So I'm thinking, who's this girl? No, no, something in the milk ain't clean immediately all these other all the press releases that have been released onto these um you know reputable media outlets got pulled what's going on here so a couple days later apparently this chick michelle uh took the staten island ferry over to staten island over to pete's house and just walked in just walked in his home. He was not there. One of the family members was. They called 911 and girl got um, a nice little quick trip to booking. 
central booking, didn't she? Um, trespassing, um, all, all sorts, all sorts, right? Wow. What a story. <laughs> I want to know how she got that press release out. How all these media outlets just ran with it rather than trying to check with his people. He said, I don't know her. I've never known her. I'm not planning on knowing her. Um, let's get a restraining order. Please and thank you. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about. Tinsley. Tinsley Mortimer. So there's a larger conversation to be had, right? Real Housewives of New York, legend, Tinsley Mortimer, hated by some, loved by many more. Uh, it was announced that she and Coupon King Scott Cluth ended their relationship, their 14-month-long engagement. And as soon as I opened up this People article and realized that it was Scott that was making this official announcement to People magazine, I thought... What's happening here, girlfriend? What's happening here? I have a thing. I have a, th I don't know if it's a theory, but it's just a feeling that when we're in relationships like this, and by like this, I mean, clearly Tinsley is the celebrity in the relationship. Scott is a coupon king. Okay. Um, when we see the non-famous half of the relationship make these announcements, something's not right. Something is not right with me. So the statement is as follows. After 14 months of engagement, Tinsley and I have ended our relationship and we have been living independently for the last few months. Cluth 40 tells people in a statement. This was an incredibly difficult decision, but it's one that I believe is best for both of us. I will always care about Tinsley and I sincerely wish her happiness and success in all that she does in the future. While I understand that this news will be of interest to many, I ask for privacy and understanding during this time as I continue to work, recovering emotionally from the end of our relationship. Scott, you could fuck me and I would not know who you were, okay? Well, you don't need to ask people for privacy. We're already giving you that. You're, you're not famous. <laughs> what do you mean? Who's going up to you? I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people going up to him, but like, do you need to be calling for the public to respect your privacy at this time? Mm, do you? <laughs> do you? This to me smells like deflection. It smells like he did something wrong. It smells like he's trying to play Mr. Goodbar to the public, but again, does it matter because we've already forgotten about you, Scott? If you're not in this relationship, you don't mean a damn thing to me, Mr. Kluth, okay? So the article goes on to say, a source close to the couple tells people that Mortimer was, quote, blindsided by the breakup. This was not a mutual end. She was blindsided. She's on the floor, heartbroken and devastated. She's left everything for him because she didn't think he'd ever call off the engagement. She trusted him that this time would be different. <laughs> so, <laughs> the specific statement that she's on the floor, heartbroken and devastated, is like, 
mwah, delicious for me. Not because she's heartbroken, but because we know what that looks like. We can close our eyes and picture Tinsley doing this exact thing, you know? Like, we saw her shopping for wedding dresses with Dale years before she got engaged, <laughs> looking at pictures of her embryos or her eggs it being frozen and crying about them and saying my babies over and over. So I just like, I want Tinsley to go nasty, to go low, to do the opposite of a Michelle Obama and tell, tell us the truth because Tinsley is exactly right. And like, thank God for growth and introspection. At least, you know, girl, even though you denied it at the end of that Roni reunion that you weren't leaving him or that this wasn't about, you know, that you weren't moving to Chicago because he didn't like you on the show, even though we all knew that to be true, you tried to stand by your man and lie to all of us and tell us that you were leaving of your own accord, that this was just the step that you felt like you had to make in your relationship and that this, you were doing that for you, not for him, knowing damn well that this man, for whatever reason, is in my opinion, a narcissist and a monster and a potato turned human. Um, he looks like, remember that person tried to redo that painting of Jesus that went wrong and it looked just like a sad elementary school person painted a human. That's what Scott looks like. Okay. To me, allegedly. So I, just want her to say what's happening. I need Andy on the main line. Get our girl. Go get our girl. Okay. I know a lot of people, <clears throat> Liz Bentley, feel like, why is everybody going up for Tinsley? We didn't like her. She was sort of, a, uh, you know, pretentious, entitled, uh, woman with arrested development. So why are we going up for her? Because she's good TV. Okay. I don't like Tinsley, but I love Tinsley. And as Bravo watchers, we all know what that means. We all know what that means. Okay. You guys next, I'm going to, we're all going to take a trip to the Kardashian corner to talk about the first episode, the premiere 20th episode. Nope. 20th season premiere of keeping up with the Kardashians, something um, you'll hear later that nobody asked for, but here I am doing it. And then after that, Summer House, I'm going to be recapping the latest episode of Summer House. Lindsay breaks up with Stravi. Lindsay puts her hand on Luke's thigh. Danielle has a boyfriend living in her phone. Hannah has phone sex, much to the, you know, unfortunate awareness of everybody. So check that out, you guys. Bye. Hello, everybody. Put on your Skims shapewear and loungewear and put on a Yeezy slide or light a poosh candle. You know, maybe stir in some collagen peptides into your water. And uh, let's cozy up into the Kardashian corner. Now, I put up a poll on my Instagram and everyone's business but mine asking... Hey guys, are you guys going to be watching the premiere of the 20th and final seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Um, I want to say that it was somewhere in the 30th percentile of you guys <laughs> saying that you would watch it. <laughs> 
which is sad and honestly it really made me laugh at how over the kardashians everybody seems to be but y'all know that the kardashians in the podcast sphere are very close to my heart so i feel like I owe a debt of service to the family to just talk about them briefly every week until the series is over. I actually thought the premiere was pretty good. I mean, the Kardashians are really good for like a decent or highly dramatic season premiere. And I really enjoyed this. From like a psychological aspect, it was actually pretty interesting. Um, First of all, like, let's talk about the bad stuff first, right? Um, we got our very first confessional from one Tristan, third trimester Thompson. Wow. Um, something about his skin makes me uncomfortable. Um, it's like too nice, too good of a color. It's too soft and it's almost like an uncanny valley. Like he doesn't look quite like a human like, he looks real, but something, like, if you look at the edges, it just doesn't, something's off. Something's off. I, I think we already knew that something was off about Tristan, didn't we? Okay. So, the main storylines that we saw in the premiere were uh, Kim studying for the baby bar, uh, Chloe and Tristan's journey with their embryos, and... Uh, Scott breaking up with Sophia. Richie. Sophie? Sophia. I always think her name's Sophie and it's not. Um, let's talk about the baby bar stuff. I mean, that was, you know, honestly the most boring. What is confusing to me is that we, all of that stuff, to find out whether or not somebody passed the bar, like, that's pretty public information. We know that Kim took the baby bar. We know that it's been almost a year since she's taken the baby bar. So she should have gotten the results. It's shocking to me that nobody seems to have the answer as to whether or not she actually passed the baby bar. How do we not know that at this point? Strange. Um, that was really it. I mean, Kim is like, you know, I'm, I'm studying. The kids are off in Wyoming. No mention of Kanye. Um... And yeah, that's really all all that she's doing. Second storyline with Kent, with Chloe and Tristan. They're trying to sell us a dream. The dream that they're not together, not going to be together. But y'all know, if we don't know anything about the Kardashians, is that they downright refuse to have more than one baby daddy. And also they're determined to make their um, relationships with their former partners and baby daddies work come hell or high water. And that is a strange dynamic. And it's not strange because I, it's an ideal situation, but I, I don't know. Is it that we're taught that two people can't really get along after they break up? And so it's weird to see a whole family insist on trying to make it work and trying to have a happy co-parenting and involved co-parenting relationship with their exes? Or is it that it's genuinely just a weird thing to keep trying on? I don't know. I think about that, you know, I, I, I lay awake at night and I toss and I turn and I wonder if, if they've got it all figured out or we're just being judgmental. I don't do that at all, but it is something that I think about, you know, maybe once a year. So their deal is that Chloe had frozen all of these eggs 
And the eggs that she defrosted, none of them were viable. So the person, OBGYN, reproduction specialist, whoever, says the best way to go about this is actually have like an embryo, meaning we have all of Tristan's baby batter and your egg and we'll keep it and they'll have a better chance at surviving, right? So then they go through that process and Tristan's all in. He's so invested on having a child, another one. He says that he wants four kids, which he already has two. So that would be, you know, Chloe providing an additional two children. At this point, they're trying to make it seem like they have, there's no chance of them being together. They're not romantically related to one another. Okay, girl. Okay. Okay. We all know that's a lie at this point. So, you know what? We all have to tell ourselves things just to get along and just to move throughout the day. And, you know, you know, maybe that's what's happening. Um, then it comes out that there can't, Chloe basically has some reproductive issues, issues that, and I'm not, this is no judgment. Like she has been very open about her everything, especially when it comes to reproductive issues it's interesting to me that she specifically has having a conversation with Kim and says, I don't want to talk about what my issue is on camera, but the doctor said the likelihood of my being able to carry a pregnancy to term is very, not very small, but small enough that like the doctor said, I would feel badly if I did not tell you that more than likely you will not be able to have a two-term pregnancy with these embryos. So Kim, you know, gives her advice about having a surrogacy and, you know, how I feel just as close to my kids that were born through a surrogate as my biological children or the ones that I carry. They're all biologically hers. Um, I, you know, there's no difference. And okay. And that makes me wonder, like, what's happening? I mean, Chloe says that she has three embryos a boy and two girls so she wanted to try a girl see if that worked and then move on to the boys after that um the most interesting storyline was the one with scott and sophia this really it's really was not interesting because of sophia but basically scott says i have a dynamic with courtney i intend to keep it and then anybody who enters into a relationship with me has to understand the dynamic that I have with the mother of my children and my kids. I am an invested father. I am invested in uh, Courtney's well-being. I'm invested in her life. I am invested in caring for her, which is a thing that he actually said. And yeah, it seems like Sophia had an issue with that and I don't think anybody would find that surprising <laughs> basically Scott admits that he spends most of his time with the children and Courtney and that a relationship a romantic relationship in terms of like actual time spent together actual quality time is secondary and you just got to suck it up buttercup otherwise we're going to break up so it got to a point where uh, Sophia gave him an ultimatum and said, it's either me or Courtney. And Scott said, bye girl. You know, 
not going to do it. You're not going to make me choose between my baby mama and my girlfriend. That is an interesting dynamic that I think needs to be unpacked. It really seems like Scott is very much invested in uh, staying with Courtney. And I really, really want to know now that Travis is involved, where that dynamic lies. Because of all of the guys that we've seen Courtney date, Travis is the one who's closest to be on her level age-wise. They He has children as well. He has children around the same age-ish. And they live in that neighborhood as neighbors. I'm just very curious to see, to know what that dynamic is like with Scott. So Courtney says, she has a conversation with, I think, Kim and Chloe. And she says, you know, I appreciate that Scott feels like he wants to take care of me. I like that. But I also think that once you enter into a romantic relationship with somebody, that you kind of need to shift your priorities. So kind of like, I'm not going to complain but if the shoe were on the other foot, um, I probably wouldn't be blowing up my relationship for Scott the same way he does, you know, with Sophia. Um, that I found very interesting. Chris Jenner is the only one who mentions it all and says, yeah, I kind of figured this would be an issue. Um, Sophia's really young, everybody. Did we, did none of us? want to talk about it but here it goes let's just all say it uh Sophia is basically half of Scott's age so there were probably going to be issues regardless and also she doesn't have three children and also she's very fucking young <laughs> she just has very different priorities from you Scott she's in a completely different place in her life because she's young she's young she's young you guys and yet here we are dating um, Tallulah Bell or Elijah Wood Hamlin or whatever their name is. And, oh, Lord, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Um, is that it? I think that's basically it. You guys, I've consumed so much content from Kendall Jenner. I, like, don't even know who I am anymore. I watched that damn Get Drunk drunken makeup challenge that she did with Kylie. I watched that video where she and... Um, Mrs. Bieber made Annie's mac and cheese in her bathroom. And then Kendall started crying about how nobody's ever proposed to her and how badly she wants to be married. And I felt, no, that's a little bit like looking in a mirror and I'm not liking what I'm seeing relating to Kendall. Okay. They really are trying to make her seem like a human being and not, uh, you know, like, like Sophie, the robot. And I won't take it. And I won't take it. So that's the end of the Kardashian corner before I get upset about how much Kendall I've had to watch. Okay, next. You sitting there like my dad telling me all these things I've done wrong, like you've done well, nothing. I can't listen to it. I feel like I'm a little bit the scapegoat, but that's fine. You bring nope, up your dad in the same breath as me. You're not a scapegoat at all, and you like... don't have to come at my family. Actually, never talk about my family you... again. Never bring up my dad again. You just... You're never bring up my dad again. Oh, you're not Hannah, you're literally a walking hypocrite. I've never done anything to you. Don't talk about my family ever again. All right, y'all, let's talk about Summer House. I have to say that 
Summer House, aside from maybe Floribama Shore, is like one of very few shows out of the week where I'm actually like, we get to Thursday and I'm actually excited and like counting down the hours until I can watch a show. Is that sad? No, I'm going to say it's not sad because I've been in this damn house <laughs> for a year now and this is just my life. Okay. Let's talk about the episode. Carl is still in quarantine in the beginning, and he is engaging in a lot of self-care. He's doing face masks. He's doing, you know, shirtless downward dogs, which is something that we can all appreciate, I think. Um, The man looks good. Mm, My God. And he keeps his dedication to, like, the tightest possible shorts on the planet that he can get his hands on. Or something that, like, we should all thank him for and appreciate, okay? Um, Kyle's riddled with anxiety. He wants to talk to Hannah. He wants to hash things out with her. Everyone in the house is working, except for Sierra. But we get it. She's an ICU nurse. She's just been working in COVID all of this time. And she's like, I'm not doing shit. I'm going to lay out in this small bikini and look gorgeous and figure out what I'm going to eat. You know, that's the life that I kind of want to live. You know, she's really got it all figured out. She says it took her a few weeks to even get the hospital sounds out of her brain. And I got to admit, like hospital related trauma is something that I did not expect would be so enjoyable for me when it comes to our Bravo liberties. But between Mary Cosby and Sierra, they're really giving us a lot, and I appreciate it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Danielle's continuing her FaceTime relationship with the chef. I had to say, I'm not invested, but like, I'm very happy. I looked at Danielle's Instagram the other day and they have moved in together. And this is lovely. Are we going to see him on the summer house? Is this a setup like they're doing with... Des and Hannah, like, are we going to see the chef pull up and do some toaster oven recipes a la Sonia Morgan? That's what I want to know. Because if we're not ever going to see him, like, I don't care. And you know that, like, my care for Danielle is pretty much at a minimum, but it's growing exponentially week by week, but it's still, you know, not great. Not great. (laughs) Um, Then what happens after that? Okay, so she's talking about how, like, you know, it's sort of a similar situation with Des. 
in that they met a couple weeks before she entered the house and now it's sort of like they're trying to figure things out via FaceTime and she says you know I didn't try to even sleep with him when we first met because I felt like there might be something more to that and thank god everybody's having a lot of growth with the exception of Hannah in this house this summer and I thank god for that like we've seen what happens to Danielle when it's just about sex for her? And that thing is Jordan. So isn't that a tragedy? Lindsay gets a flower delivery and Paige is the only one near the door, right? But she doesn't have a mask. So again, just these random rolls of Scott toilet paper. Last week we saw one in Sierra's room and now it seemed to just be like, you know, the end of, it's like they got those Costco size packs and there are only two left but you got all that plastic left there's just two rolls in the front foyer of the home and I'm just confused but anyway Paige was able to do a RuPaul's Drag Race style quick challenge and fashion that like one ply toilet paper across her face so she could pick up the flowers and she goes and brings them over to Lindsay so obviously the flowers are from Stravi and the card says, Lindsay, time might not be my specialty, but I do know the thought of losing you or any more time with you is something that I can't live with. You deserve to feel special every day. And then Lindsay does that thing that I think we can all relate to, which is the, oh, fuck. <laughs> the eye roll, the head back, the flopping out on the bed of... I really advocated for myself in this relationship and now I'm kind of over it, but now homeboy's being nice and now I have to figure out a way to end this because technically he really hasn't done anything. And she says in a confessional, like, it's not as though Stravi cheated on me. It's not like we have some big thing. It's just that he's not giving me what I want in the relationship and now I got to be the bad guy, right? So back to Kyle, he decides to talk to Hannah because he's truly going through it. He's shaking. He's can't concentrate. He's clearly very anxious. And this is like a, I got to nip this in the bud before it gets any worse because I can't keep dealing with this. So I got to say, I really am loving the way Kyle and Hannah excuse me, Kyle and Amanda communicate with one another because she is incredibly supportive. And the way that he just like, you can tell that clearly he's doing this for Amanda's benefit. Like it's not that he doesn't care about Hannah because we know Kyle is the world's most sensitive boy. I think he cares about Hannah, but I think he cares about Amanda more and He's willing to do the things that he has to do to make sure that she is most comfortable. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, You know, Kyle says, I noticed, Amanda, that you have let go of things when it comes to Hannah. And I don't know why I should be holding on to things that you have let go of. And Amanda talks to him about, you know, picking your battles and choosing what's important to hold on to and what isn't. Just great. They they really communicate well with one another. So then Kyle goes to get Hannah. They walk outside. 
to talk. Meanwhile, Sierra, Amanda, and Paige are all upstairs looking out the window to gossip. And I've said it once and I'll say it again. Turns out this upside down house is the perfect home for reality TV. Like next time the Roni ladies go to the Hamptons, I know Ramona has a house there and so does Lou, but I want them in this house. I want every Bravo reality show to be in this house because it is perfect for hearing everyone's business. It is perfect for being very nosy And you can grab yourself a glass of rosé, make a heavy pour, and listen to two roommates argue and try and get over their beef with each other. It's a beautiful, beautifully constructed home. And everything that I've said about it uh, negative before, I take back. So Kyle starts by saying, you know, the other day really took me by surprise, and Hannah, you have a tendency to hurt people's feelings because basically whenever Kyle gives Hannah any sort of criticism, she deflects and just throws it back in his face about his past issues with Amanda. And Hannah says, you know, this is about how Kyle speaks to women. I can't. I cannot with this person. I can't stand her. It really pains me to have to not be on a woman's side but the shit she does is so manipulative it's so gaslighty it's so ugh it's annoying like at minimum I'm annoyed that I have to watch Hannah's attempts to create her own storyline and her own drama because it's going about as well as her comedy career but to like make it a psychological thing and talk about, uh, you know, an equality or a misogyny thing and talk about how Kyle speaks to women, especially when it comes to this situation. It's wild. It's absolutely wild for her to even say that. And I think it, it's damaging. Like if I Kate, if I gave a shit about Hannah, I would say this would be really damaging to women as a whole and it puts us two steps back fortunately for her I really don't give a shit Kyle rightfully says you know I communicate with you basically like I'm reacting to your actions and I communicate with you based on things that you have continuously said about me and my relationship with Amanda and honestly I question if you believe in my engagement and in my relationship with Amanda And Hannah says, you know, like, I really want you guys to be happy and I'm rooting for you guys. But, you know, I'm not the one I'm not going around the house talking bad about you guys. So that's just really in your head. No. Gaslighting 101, you guys. For her to, like, brazenly in front of everybody scream about how you're not going to talk to me the way you talk to Amanda. And then try and get out of it by saying, I'm not like doing some big brother shit by talking behind your back and being friends in your face, that doesn't mean, that doesn't like get you out of what you've done. And it doesn't get you out of claiming that you don't feel some type of way about the relationship when clearly you do. If every time Kyle says anything mildly constructive or critical towards you, you have to bring up his past indiscretions That means you have an issue with it. It doesn't matter if you've been like playing telephone with Paige, you know, downstairs in that room. 
It doesn't matter. It's stupid. She's so dumb. <laughs> I can't stand her. So, you know, Kyle says, this is really hard for me. And I really, like, understood Kyle in this moment. Because he's saying, I have, I'm having a hard time. Like, what he's trying to say is, this is really difficult for me to even have this conversation with you. Because I don't have these, like, big friendship breakups, big dramas within my relationship. This is not something that's normal for me. So I'm actually having difficulty communicating with you. And then Hannah says... I'm not friends with you. Something that she pulled with Amanda, what, one or two episodes ago when she said that they weren't friends. So what is it, girl? If you're feeling some type of way about being not disinvited from the wedding, from two people that you just said, I am not friends with you. You said that to both of them. You've also said that you do not feel like their relationship is worthy. And you're also always bringing up the bad shit. You're always bringing up old shit that happened in their relationship. Why do you feel entitled to attend their wedding? Why would you even want to be there? They're not your friends, according to you. Hannah says that she came into the house trying to be a friend with Kyle, even though she said that they are not friends, okay? And that Kyle had a lot of animosity toward her. And she feels like when she hangs out with him, it becomes an anger fest on his part and that she has to defend herself against him. Kyle's like, why? I don't understand why you feel that way. She says, you uninvited me to your wedding. And he's like, I only did that when you said we weren't friends, girl. (laughs) So he says, do you really think that you should be invited to a wedding when you hate your friend's fiance? Great question. Great question. She's trying to cry. Always trying to squeeze out a tear, that one. And she said, you know, it goes from I'm trying to cry to she can tell that, like, Kyle's not going to take it to a way where she can be a crying victim. So she goes to being an angry victim, right? And then she starts putting her father into the situation and saying, you know, you act like my father, Kyle, and and you say that I've done a bunch of things wrong when I've done nothing to you. Okay. (laughs) Kyle says, I'm feeling a little bit like a scapegoat right now because you're bringing up me and your father in the same sentence. And we're talking about our issues. And so, I mean, my God, Razzie award winner of the year, Hannah Burner is like, don't talk about my family. Don't you ever talk about my family again. I've never done anything to you. (laughs) Kyle goes back inside and he tells Amanda, like, that was a waste of time. (laughs) That was an absolute waste of time to try and communicate with her. Sierra, the only person who seems to be, like, validating Hannah's bullshit, goes and follows her to her bedroom and says, like, trying to figure out what's happening. And... Hannah's again trying to squeeze out a tear and says you know I'm just trying to have fun this summer but why do I have to be attacked by a little blonde leprechaun and you know it just felt like that whole conversation like you could tell she was sitting on the toilet probably talking to Des the night before and she came up with the phrase little blonde leprechaun and this whole fight the whole culmination of this fight was for the purpose of her getting that joke off. That lame fucking joke where she calls him a little brown leprechaun. Now they've been teasing. They had been teasing that soundbite 
in the trailer, in the coming up for months now. And I was really like, oh my God, what did Kyle do to Hannah? But to find out that what he was trying to do was talk to her like a human, an adult human. And this is her reaction is really turning things around for me. Cut to Luke, who has decided, like, I don't want to be excluded in this narrative. I don't want to be included in the narrative. And he says, you know, my parents used to fight a lot. I used to go out to the hockey rink and play hockey for hours. And uh, other people might be interested in the drama in the house. But I'm not. I'm not trying to hear it at all. So we have to hear his attempts at a song. The, you know, soon tie, hair sick back. And then he forgets the lyrics. So why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Luke's songwriting process sounds like an ad exec who's got five minutes before he's got a big p- pitch meeting and he's got no concept. So he's just writing down snippets hoping that like he can bullshit his way through that meeting later um here i'm writing a commercial for uh a men's cologne right uh so okay suit and tie um hair slick back um she's got a sexy little smile um you know like what is he what, what is he doing what are we hoping for here luke does luke think that he's gonna be like america's next top model country singer like what's happening here what is happening? <laughs> Where are we going with this? I mean, stick stick to those chunky rings, those chunky gold rings, which actually, I think they're kind of hot. I'm not going to lie. I, I like his jewelry. I do. And I actually saw that he has a uh, men's cologne line. So maybe, you know, those lyrics are perfect for the commercial of his cologne. Suit and tie, hair sick back. And just go from there. See where see where the wind takes you, Luke. That's my advice for me to you. So then we get like a he said, he said, she said from Kyle and Hannah. Kyle's talking to Amanda. Hannah's talking to Paige. Kyle tells Amanda that, you know, I knew, Amanda, that you cared about Hannah. And I actually cared about Hannah, too. And Amanda tells him, you know, I'm on your side. You'll have me no matter what. Like, you know that, right? And Hannah is talking to Paige and she says, you know, Kyle really crossed the line. And if he's going to bring up my dad, it's like, I'm done, bro. Paige is asking the real questions. Like, I'm confused about how your dad got brought into this. Like, walk me. How did this come into play? And Hannah just looks at her like the look of somebody who is being questioned about the bullshit that's coming out of her mouth. So, then Hannah says, well, I guess I brought it up. I guess I brought my dad up. But, you know, I just feel like he's acting like my dad. And then, according to her, Kyle got really smug. She made it seem like once she mentioned her father that Kyle was acting as though, like, oh, am I really messing with you like your dad messes with you? Kind of like what she was doing when she says, oh, you can't talk to me the way you talk to Amanda and how he got upset. Now you're making up this situation in which Kyle was doing to you what you did to him 
but you don't seem to understand why what you said was not okay. But in this fake scenario that you've made up, it's not okay that he said it to you. You see how that works? Kyle, excuse me, Hannah really tries to, and I don't really want to like downplay because she's clearly very damaged from whatever it is, however her father treated her when she was growing up, being her tennis coach. So like, I don't want to detract from that. Clearly, she feels some type of way about the way her father communicated with her and that carries over into her relationships or the way if men speak to her above a three volume decibel level, then that's a problem and it's triggering for her. I don't want to downplay that, but uh, you know, you can't bring up your dad and then get up, get mad when somebody else brings your father up. That's not how that works. Don't talk about him if it's such a trigger for you. Um, she says, you know, the way my dad talked about me caused me a lot of anxiety about not being good enough for men. So when men yell at me, there's like a little girl inside of me that wants to run away. But I don't, you know, because I don't have to sit there and listen to it anymore. You know, then she said, there's a moment of clarity and honestly, I think this clarity came from having a conversation where Paige is like, wait, why are you upset about Kyle? I think she has the clarity of like, my antics aren't getting people on my side. If anything, people are bored and my best friend in the house, Paige, clearly is not really understanding what I'm fighting so hard for. So finally she says, you know, I feel like the fighting is ruining the whole vibe of the house and I have to be the bigger person and move on. Okay, if that's how you're viewing it, fine. If it means that we're all going to be free from the shackles of you screaming and crying for no reason at people, then great. I love that. So later, everybody is trying to figure out what to order for dinner and Hannah decides to call a house meeting. They even include Carl. He's still in quarantine on the FaceTime so everybody's present and accounted for. Hannah says, you know, she's done a little bit of reflecting and she finds herself fighting with people and seeing sides of herself that she doesn't really like. And she said some things that she regrets. And then she says, you know, I've had a couple of ups and downs in the house, but for any negativity, negativity I've caused, I'm really sorry. I keep wanting to say negativity. <laughs> um, for any negativity I've caused, I'm really sorry. She then goes to Kyle and says, you know, like, I do respect you, but because of that, when you come down on me, it hurts a little bit more. And then she says, I care so much about you, Kyle. Like, you're the man. <laughs> and everybody just stares at her. I have not heard that phrase, you're the man. I mean, she's hanging out with Des too much already. These, like, 90s throwback phrases I cannot with this person so they get production does pretty much everybody's reaction Danny Danielle's like Jesus Christ Hannah <laughs> Paige says we all know that Kyle is not the man like reel it in reel it in and then Lindsay says I am no actress but I'm calling bullshit mama bullshit mama <laughs> Kyle says to the group, like, I'm just going to take the apology and run into the sunset with it. And at night, we see Luke texting Sierra, 
do you want to like Netflix and chill with me? Do you want to watch a movie? And then we see her say, fuck no. And just put her phone down. Didn't even respond to him. Queen shit. Then we have just a nightmare, a nightmare of what is very obviously Hannah and Des having phone sex with one another. She's under the covers. She's clearly, she's got that like mama's family off the shoulder look you can tell that she's clearly like pulled her shirt down to expose one or both nipples it's hard to say because des says why does your nipple drive me so fucking insane we're so compatible baby and this time this might be the time where i talk about watch what happens live so the watch what happens live that happened after the episode of summer house had hannah Shep and Des. I could not watch much of it because I'll be damned. <laughs> I'll be damned. But what I did catch before I turned the TV off was within the first 30 seconds, I want to say, of Hannah being on screen, Andy mentions Des, and here comes a wild Des running like a puppy who just heard treat from across the house like oh did you want to talk to me for a man who's been pretty um claiming several times like oh I don't know what my involvement's gonna be on the show like I'm a serious man I have a business blah 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 I don't know if I can do this show like I'm an adult okay well you have no problem like what do you need to be on watch what happens live for then you know, what do you need to be sharing um, Hannah's AirPod to have a one on one conversation with Andy Cohen then if you don't want to be on TV? Why were you so ready in the background? You were camera ready, girl. With your matte finish on your face and a little bit of bronzer. I don't want to hear this, but they're they're doing their little like we're a couple. We're in love, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was sick. It was disgusting. <laughs> and I'm going to file a complaint for the to the FCC. I don't know what for. But I feel like... I hope they never play that. I want that episode of Watch What Happens Live scrubbed from the record. Never to be aired again. Awful. Fortunately, the producers know how to win my heart back. And Carl finds out that his negative... That his... COVID test came back negative, so he doesn't have to quarantine. We get it like a him slowly walking up the stairs in those skin tight shorts. I mean, his ass is like a peach. And I want to take a bite. Okay. God bless. Um, Luke is playing hockey outside. He asks Hannah, like, do you want to play? But she's got to do something with her podcast. So they're outside for a little bit. And Luke is trying to figure out what's happening with Des, right? So he's like, oh, has Des been on your podcast yet? I bet that would be funny. Two comedians. That sounds like a good episode. No, it doesn't. Are they comedians? Tell me a joke. I want to hear one joke. Let's do it. Okay. Tell me one joke that you haven't stolen from a smaller account on Twitter. Hannah. Des, tell me a joke at all. Because I thought you were Mr. Philanthropist about five seconds ago. So are you a comedian or a philanthropist? What is the truth? What is the truth? 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um, Luke basically is like, I think you should pump the brakes a little bit on your relationship with Des. And he says, you know, obviously Hannah thinks he's jealous. But what he says in a confessional is what normal, rational people think would be thinking is, um, she just the other day was flirting with me. And then when I told her I was interested in Sierra, here comes Des. And all of a sudden you're in love with him. And it just feels really quick. And really unexpected because nobody even knew who Des was until I basically told you it wasn't going to happen. And I'd like to know, like, what was she going to do? If Luke said, yeah, let's make this happen, I would really, I just wish that, like, Luke had known about Des prior to this. And had seen Hannah try and flirt with him, try and talk to him, try to make all this drama about... You bringing Sierra into the house to make me jealous. I wish he had known about Des before all of this. So he could just be like, yeah, let's do it, Hannah. Let's make it work. I want to make things work. And, and see how she got her way out of that one. Because we know you were in a relationship. I mean, she's been saying adamant, adamant, adamant about that she just spoke to Des a couple weeks before she got in the house. That it wasn't really anything serious. I don't believe it. I mean... Maybe it wasn't anything serious because it was two weeks old, but I think she very much was interested in him enough to not be hooting and hollering all over the house about Luke and how awful Luke was. And that's just my truth. Luke said that Hannah got Dez out of the reserves, out of the reserve section, and I, I believe it. Next scene, we see Lindsay do therapy with her therapist online and she tells her, you know, Stephen left the house. We were caught up in a really bad cycle and we couldn't get out of it. And Lindsay says, I'm 34. This is a critical time for me. And I don't want to be in my mind playing tennis about whether or not this is going to work. But also like after a string of bad relationships to make the decision to end this one at my age is like a failure. Basically that's how she feels that it's, it's hard to be like, Oh, you know, like I went through these bad relationships. I thought I found the right guy. I didn't. And now I'm at this age and I'm having to end yet another relationship. It's frustrating. And then she says, you know, like, you know, I thought I figured it out. I thought I figured out what I needed and and who I needed it from. Her therapist tells her, you know, you need to give yourself permission to move on. And so she does. 
<laughs> everybody goes to the beach later that night for like a, you know, um, what looks like an Abercrombie ad, you know, it's them on the beach at sunset. They're, you know, tossing around Frisbees and playing cornhole or whatever. And Lindsay calls Steven and basically says, you know, I've had a lot of time to think and every day I go back and forth on what I want to do and what's best for the both of us. And I just think at this point we should go our separate ways. Steven is like, well, I feel like I've made a lot of effort and it really hasn't been recognized by you, which is like, okay. <laughs> it's probably true, but is it going to get you your girl back by saying that? No, no, Steven, it's not. She is firm. She says, you know, I just don't see anything changing anytime soon between us. So out of respect for the both of us. It's time for it to end. When Stravi says, I wish nothing but the best for you, she rolled her eyes. <laughs> but we, she was on Watch What Happens Live early in the season, and she said that they got back together. And then they broke up in October. I, I want to hear, if, I want to know if we hear more about that story. So... Lindsay says in a confessional, you know, I'm emotionally exhausted and I just needed that relationship off my shoulders. So she comes back to the group and tells them, I just broke up with Steven. And Sierra's like, damn, like I would have been bawling if I just broke up with somebody and she wasn't even on the phone for that long. <laughs> like, that was a quick phone call too, girl. Lindsay then sits next to Luke, and this is where we start the beginnings of the Lindsay and Luke, will they, won't they? She keeps putting her hand on his thigh. He's got her arm around her at some point, and Paige and all the other girls are looking at them and being like, oh, you know, I think something's going to happen with them. I definitely think that Luke A tried to swoop in as soon as he heard Lindsay was officially single and I B think that they're going to hook up at the end of the summer. So everybody gets back to the house. Luke and Lindsay are sitting out on the steps and Paige tells Hannah, you know, I think that if Luke went to Lindsay and said, I want to fuck, she would do it. Yeah. Like wouldn't everybody, <laughs> like, she's not unique girl. You probably would, too, if you were single. Right? I would. No shame in my game about that. Um, It clearly doesn't happen that night, though, because unfortunately we're, you know, stuck with sexy little smile part two. Oh, baby girl, you're driving me wild. Thank you for that. I mean, David Foster is shaking right now. <laughs> Diane Warren, watch your back, sis. Luke Goldbranson is on his way. Amanda and Kyle start talking about children, I think. Honestly, y'all saw her in that bikini top. And respectfully, respectfully, I would, I just would like to lay my head on her breasts. And I just feel like it would be a very healing experience for the both of us. They're incredible. They're amazing. They're, should be, have like a national landmark status on them. They're beautiful. I'm, I'm being disrespectful towards Amanda respectfully as possible. She has great boobs. Great. 
I completely was zoning out, but I caught it at the tail end of Amanda telling Kyle that she wants to get off birth control and that she wants to, you know, just not, not try to see what happens, right? Kyle says, you know, a couple years ago, I would have absolutely freaked out about you saying this to me, but now I'm just more thinking about it from a financial standpoint. We're at, you know, Loverboy is at a place that's really vital and it might be, you know, like this is a time where like things are going really well for us, but every day is different and every day something could change. And I, you know, he's just worried, right? He's like, I want to get out of the city. I want to have a house. I want to have a family. I want to do all those things, but I'm just at the point where I'm now getting a modest salary from Loverboy and I just want to keep that train going. And I, I would like a, should we get a Bethany Ever After style spinoff with Kyle and Amanda? Mr. and Mrs. Send It? I don't, I don't know what it's like, but I, I, I like that. I like seeing Kyle be the entrepreneur and really be serious and, and, know that he's got something really good on his hands that could explode and also thinking like I'm not getting any younger you know and I want these eggs cracked and I want I want a ring on my finger (laughs) so I get it I really get it and I, I I really liked that he said that Suddenly, we hear some dramatic music, and we see Hannah stomping around in her Herman Munster feet. She goes up to Paige and says, you know, a psychic told me that Lindsay wants to fuck Luke. Now, this is a psychic that we've heard rumblings about earlier in the season. The psychic that they found on Instagram. The origin story of this alleged psychic is shaky at best i'm wondering if this is the same one that told melissa gorga that her dad was a philanderer and has she has another sister out there in the universe it's giving that it's giving a whole lot of nothing for me um so then she you know they sit down hannah reads the message on her phone and she says the message says what I'm telling you was hard, Hannah, but Luke and Lindsay have already done it before. It was just kept quiet. Luke and Lindsay are not loyal to you, and that's why I don't like Luke for you, because he's not good enough. Okay. <laughs> so Paige says in a confessional, like, I did not need a psychic to tell me that Paige, or excuse me, that Lindsay was attracted to Luke and vice versa. Great point. Great point. And then she says, you know, if Lindsay hooked up with Luke then wouldn't that mean that she cheated on Stravi if this has happened within the past year or so? So that's another layer to it all. My prediction, yeah, I mean, it seems very clear that, like, Lindsay and Luke are attracted to one another. Why wouldn't they be? They're both beautiful. (laughs) Like, come on. Um, Do I think that they've hooked up? I don't know. I mean... They just seem like really hot people who are flirtatious and also appreciate hot people. I feel like if Lindsay... Lindsay's not a girl who's going to sit and wait for the man to take the first move. Like, I think if she wanted to fuck Luke, she would just do it. And I think they should. I think they're both single. 
And I saw him at her place the other day, um, helping her uh, put up framed pictures on her walls. So I love that. I don't think, I think for, obviously Lindsay's looking to get married, but I also think in the meantime, just have fun with him. Just have fun. What's the harm? What's he going to do? Whittle a ring about it? I mean, really, what is he going to do? <laughs> so everybody sits down for tacos and they decide Carl wants to have bro time and do uh, beer pong with the bros. Hannah's planned a quote unquote spa day, a slumber party type thing with the girls. So as they're getting ready, it's Hannah, Paige and Amanda. And they sit Amanda down. They're like, Amanda, we have to tell you something. Are you ready for this? Somebody who claims to be a psychic on Instagram <laughs> told me about Luke and Lindsay. And Amanda's like, everybody like, yeah, I mean, I feel in my gut that there's a possibility for sure. Like, <laughs> okay. Hannah's trying to really validate this woman. She says, you know, she has no stakes in this game. She has no reason to lie. And Amanda says, you know, I guess that sounds like something you guys need to get to the bottom of. <laughs> But then she says in a confessional, like, I hope for the sake of the house that Luke and Lindsay did not hook up. And I don't know, but like, I do think that there's something a little bit strange about Luke and Lindsay's relationship. And that's really it. I mean, Luke says he was feeling down. And so Lindsay goes to talk to him about like, what's going on with his attitude. And he says that he's mad at Sierra. <laughs> That apparently Sierra has been giving him a lot of attitude and that, I I don't know. It's just weird. It's just very weird. Uh, that's the end of, of Summer House for this week. Hopefully, you guys, I should be back with a very fun guest. One you guys all love. So, check me back later next week. In the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.